0: Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 3rd of March 2013, entitled, If I Be Lifted Up, and the Bible reading is taken from John, chapter 12, verses 23 to 33. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. We were looking at the Gospel of John, chapter 12, and we want to draw our attention back there this evening It's really just a time to remind us of our Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, if you were here and able to come around the communion table this morning, that's what we were doing at that time. But uh, uh, this evening, without the bread and the cup, but with the Word of God, by the power of His Spirit, may we look here once again. John chapter 12, I'd like to begin reading in verse 23. I invite you to stand with me to honor the reading of God's holy and precious Word. Again, beginning in the Gospel of John, chapter 12, and verse 23. And Jesus answered them, saying, "'The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. "'Verily, verily, I say unto you, "'Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone.' But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. Father, we want to thank you again this evening. Lord, for the time that we have to be gathered in your house. Lord, for the time that we have already enjoyed together in prayer and song. Lord, now as we look into your Word, we do consider this, Lord, the most important time surely as we open our hearts to you and allow you to, Lord, not only speak to us, but Lord that by the power of your Spirit that we would respond to that which you have for us and that, Lord, through your Word that we might be conformed more to the image of our Savior even this evening. You know the hearts of each one that is here, and we pray, Lord, that these Next moments together might be a time of encouragement, time of strengthening as we look at our Lord Jesus Christ and are just reminded of his being lifted up for each and every one of us. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. Of course, we find in this passage that the Lord Jesus Christ is beginning to prepare his disciples for his Death that lies just ahead. We know that as we read from the Word of God that that's why He came. Amazing when you stop and think about it that He would leave the portals of glory to come here to die on a cross. And of course, we find in this passage that we will see as we look through it that that was necessary. He came to die, but if he hadn't died, there would be no salvation for the lost in any way, shape, or form. We're reminded that the death of Jesus Christ was not an accident. It wasn't something that caught God off guard. It wasn't something that surprised him when the Jews and the Romans and all those that had anything to do with his death, it didn't surprise him what they did there in Jerusalem. His death was the very reason for his coming. He says, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And the Bible says that he spoke these words signifying the death that he should die, the crucifixion. So just really three things as we look at the Lord Jesus Christ being lifted up from this earth upon that old rugged cross. First of all, the reason for it all. It's a pretty gruesome thing. You know, sometimes we find that people think that we're being very gruesome when we tell of the story and we read of these verses in the Scripture. There have been those that have tried to portray it on the screen. And sometimes people have found that very gruesome, but I've got news for them. What's been portrayed on the screen hasn't even really begun to touch what went on in reality. You see, what was the reason? What was the reason for God? God's Son, God incarnate in the flesh. What was the reason for Him being put up on a cross as he was. And of course, first of all and foremost, it was simply folks because of our sin. Because of man's sin. That's what he came to this world for. Reminded of the words of Peter following the crucifixion there in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost as he faced those very people that had nailed Jesus to that cross. And of course, in the midst of his sermon in Acts chapter 2, verses 22 to 24, we find these words, he said, ye men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered By the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. You see, At the same time that he's addressing them, that yes, by their very wicked hands, they had crucified and slain this one that God had approved amongst them, that God had had performed all these miracles that they might know who he was. At the same time that he speaks of their wicked hands that did it, he lets them know very clearly that it's being delivered by the determinate counsel, and foreknowledge of God. You see, it was God that predetermined that Christ would be lifted up on that cross. Christ predetermined that that's the way that he would die, that he would be lifted up on that cross. That same God that predetermined the way that he would die as he was lifted up on that cross was the same God that had also predetermined and performed his resurrection whom God hath raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. It wasn't possible for it to happen any other way. God planned it and God performed it. We can look and we can think how how those people have done that and how all these things, and yes, men are responsible for their actions, but God, in knowing the wicked hearts of men, in knowing man's sinfulness by the determinate counsel of God, the lifting up of our Lord upon that cross was planned by him. We look into the book of Revelation. I won't turn there and read the whole chapter, but of course, in chapter 13, we're there in the midst of the seven years of tribulation upon this earth. And we find there in chapter 13 that there are two beasts that are brought on the scene, the beast of the sea and the beast of the earth. And speaking of that first beast of the sea, we find these words in verse eight, and they are phenomenal words when you even begin to start to consider them. You see, speaking of that beast, it says, and notice these words, all that dwell upon the earth. May I repeat that? All that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. They're not worshiping Christ at this point. That's going to come later. (laughs) All that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, the beast of the sea, because they're going to be so deceived by this beast that comes forth. Because notice as he goes on, all that dwell upon the earth at that time, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. You see, during this great time of deception upon this earth, we find that these horrible beasts are going to come forth. And in all of their power and all that they're able to accomplish, Those that are here are those whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life, and they will be deceived and they will worship this beast because of who he is. But you know what I really want you to notice in that? As he speaks of these, all that dwell upon the earth, all that are worshiping that beast, whose names are not written in the book of life. But notice the next words, what book of life? Of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Think about it. Slain from the foundation of the world. You see, before the universe was created, before mankind and anything, any living creature was created, as a matter of fact, before there was anything that we see and know in our lives, before even the very existence of time for us to worry about, whether we've got enough of it or not enough of it. <laughs> I mean, before anything was that is, God knew. God knew that we in Adam would disobey him and that we would fall in sin. God knew the consequences of sin because when sin entered in in the garden, death came with it because the wages of sin is death. God knew that. But try to understand that in His infinite wisdom, in His infinite love, the God of eternity, the God Of eternity past and eternity future. There is no beginning, there is no end. He predetermined a plan so that we could receive His free gift of salvation. In eternity, God planned for His Son to step into history, to provide the ultimate sacrifice the only sacrifice that would be sufficient, the sinless Son of God would suffer and be hung upon that tree and pay sin's penalty of death. But then he would be raised from the dead. And in so doing, provide the only way possible for mine in your salvation today. There is no other way. Hebrews 10, verse 10 says, By the which will... We are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. It was a once for all act. There is nothing else. There is no other point in history. There is no other act in history whereby man can be saved except through Jesus Christ when he was lifted up on that cross, when he was sacrificed for our sins. The reason? The reason that Jesus was lifted up and faced the most cruel death known to man? For our sins. To gain for God a people to glorify Him in eternity because you see, none of us could be there otherwise. Sin can't go into eternity because sin brings death. In our reading, in verse 24, it said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Jesus had to die. He's the first fruits to bring forth much fruit. You see, for the last something over 2,000 years now, There's been a harvest that's been going on. Souls have been saved and are being saved, not through anything that man in all of his greatest wisdom, in all of his greatest scientific knowledge, man has never created one life, and man can never create a life that will last. But through Jesus Christ, he gave a life that lasts for all of eternity through the preaching of the cross. It seems foolishness to them, but to you and I, the power of God and the salvation, praise the Lord. When Jesus came out of that tomb, when he came out of that grave alive, he was called the first fruits of the resurrection. He will not abide alone, as he says here in eternity You see, he has established a kingdom that will never end. But in order for that kingdom to be, he had to be high and lifted up. Thank God. Thank God that Jesus was lifted up for you and I this evening. Thank God that he was lifted up for every sinner, past, present, and future, because of sin, because of the consequence of sin. God planned it that way. It was performed according to his perfect will. And you see, today there's another part of God's will. And we find that in 2 Peter 3, verse 9, that says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But thank God is long-suffering to us. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You see, the simple truth is, is when Jesus was lifted up, that sacrifice was sufficient. I like the way John put it. You know, I love that when he talks about him being our propitiation, satisfying everything, every requirement that God had for our sins. He's a propitiation for our sins, but not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. The sacrifice was sufficient, but only you can receive it. <laughs> only as an individual may we receive that wonderful, glorious gift. You see, God sent his son to die because he knew it would be yours and mine And every individual that we could name and not name in all of this world, he knew that their only hope was that Jesus be lifted up on that cross. That's why, folks, we can make it all we want to, but the simple answer is he was lifted up for our sins because God had predetermined before he created us, knowing our weakness, knowing our sinfulness, God already had a plan in place. It didn't catch him by surprise when Adam sinned in the garden. God knew it was going to happen. And before the foundation of this world, he already had his plan in place that Jesus Christ would step into history, would live the life that none of us could live, would be lifted upon that cross. Yes, by the wicked hands of man, but by the predetermined counsel of God himself almighty. You see, as we look and we recognize that the reason for his being lifted up was for you and I. I want to remind you of something else this evening. Not only the reason for his being lifted up, but his readiness to be lifted up. There was a reason. God's plan for our sins but Jesus Christ Himself was ready. Jesus came to do the will of the Father. John chapter six, verse 38, Jesus himself said, "For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me." In other words, he was here in the flesh. I may comment this morning, yes, in the flesh. He felt every bit of that agony. He felt every bit of that pain. He felt everything just as sure as you and I would feel it. But the truth was there was something greater. There was something far greater. He wasn't here for what he could do in the flesh. He was here for what he alone could do as God incarnate. He was here to do the will of the Father in Gethsemane. Jesus demonstrated that it was God's will that he die on that cross. Luke chapter 22, verse 42, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. You say, well, preacher, did Jesus not want to die for us? Oh, yes, but we have to recognize and understand he suffered. He suffered like any man would in the flesh. He was here to accomplish that predetermined plan of God. He was here to do the will of the Father. He also makes it very clear, had he not wanted to do it himself? Well, what about John chapter 10, verse 17 and 18? Jesus said, Therefore doth my Father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. Listen carefully. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment, have I received of my Father. You see, yes, God the Father planned it and performed it. And his reason for doing it was our sin and and the consequence of that. However, Jesus was ready and willing to allow himself to be lifted up and placed upon that cross. No man could take his life from him. He was God. He could have called those 10,000 angels. He could have come down off of that cross but he was willing to lay it down of himself. Guess what? He knew. He knew that death couldn't hold him. He knew that death wouldn't hold him. He knew that it had. he had the power to take it up again, just as he said. And that was the Father's commandment. And it couldn't fail. You see, I just want to remind you this evening as we We think upon Christ. We think of Him being lifted up on that cross. His reason was for you, for your sin, for my sin. His reason was for us sinners. (laughs) That's why God planned it, that's why God did it, that's why Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus' readiness, his willingness, because he didn't have to. But he was willing to lay it down of himself, knowing that he would take it up again. And I want to give you one final thing this evening. You see, Jesus said, if I be lifted up. There was a reason for that. And he was ready for it. But thirdly, there was a result of his being lifted up. What was the result? We just read it. Verse 32 and 33, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. If I be lifted up very simply, his death on the cross. If I be nailed to that cross, of course, it wasn't normal. I mean, most people, capital punishment that day, most of the time, they would just simply have been stoned to death or something. It was designed to be cruel. It was designed to take away all dignity. It was designed to be shameful and to be painful Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 says this, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Jesus, you see, he became a curse for us. He became sin for us. He died the most horrible, shameful death. If I be lifted up, if I be nailed to that cross, he said, will draw all men unto me. Draw, drag. Literally has the idea of drawing from an inward power. All men. Oh, folks, that's not universal salvation, but it is universal opportunity. It means that it's the opportunity for all that would come, for all that would believe, for all that would would receive. I know we get into some hard territory and theologians have argued it right down through the centuries, how much of it's God and how much of it's us and simple truth. It's all of God, no matter what else we do. None of it would be without God. Unless the Father draweth, no man cometh. We talked this morning about the work of the Holy Spirit. Unless that Holy Spirit conviction comes, which is where we need to get up on our knees, and and that's where prayer is so important, we'll never figure it all out. But I believe just as surely that it's not God's will that any should perish. I don't believe that He can sign some to heaven and some to hell because he's playing some kind of a game. God is sovereign. It's not a lack of his sovereignty because, you know, we look at so many things. God had to give you a choice. You didn't have a choice. You didn't have a choice to disobey. You wouldn't have a choice to obey. You've heard me say he could have programmed you and just made you a computer. But unless you have the choice not to love, You don't have the choice to love. I don't understand all of it. I know this. I know that there is nothing in all of this world that would have saved this wretched soul except a total work of God. I know that without His grace, without His Holy Spirit working in my heart and my life, that in my flesh I wouldn't even have had a desire to be saved. I know that that faith comes from his word. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, that it's, it's the word of God, the Holy Spirit, using that word to bring it alive, to work in the heart, to draw men to him. The simple thing is there are numbers of passages in the Scripture that let us know very clearly that when Jesus Christ was lifted up, just as we see here, to draw all men unto Himself, God would have all men to come. You see, the result, Christ being lifted up so that all men everywhere have the opportunity to come to the Father, to seek and receive forgiveness because the sacrifice has been paid fully at Calvary, The result or outcome of the cross, folks, Satan is defeated. He's the one that came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Notice again in our reading in verse 31, Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Now, at this present time, here, when Jesus Christ was lifted up, That's when the true judgment took place. All that God has said about the wickedness of man, it all accumulates around the cross. Man's blindness is clearly seen. God incarnate being lifted up. The Jews and the Romans take the sinless Son of God, they nail him to that cross. You see, the world is incapable of making a fair judgment. The only sinless man that ever walked upon this earth and man takes and judges him and nails him to a cross. That's man's way of judgment. Jesus allowed himself. To be at the hands of those wicked men, that he might be our Savior. Satan is already defeated. Matter of fact, right now you've heard the term, he's living on borrowed time. There's no question. I'll give you this thought in closing. Verse 26 said, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. To serve him, you follow him. If you're his servant, you're going to be with him. You're going to be with him for all of eternity, as a matter of fact. God the Father will honor you because of who you are. In Jesus Christ. You see, for those around us, we were speaking earlier that we all have people that we care about greatly. They need to be saved. Jesus Christ himself, when he was here upon this earth, he's the one that spoke those great words. He's the one that said, if I be lifted up. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. Thank God for his willingness. Thank God for his being lifted up on that cross. The most awful incident that ever took place on planet earth and yet the most wonderful act of love that's ever been shown. Jesus was lifted up For you. Jesus was lifted up for you, for your sins. Each and every one of us. It was personal. He let them nail him to that cross because he loved you that much. Because he wanted you to be able to spend eternity and be part of that party that's glorifying him throughout eternity. He's not going to abide alone. But that's why he had. To die, to make it possible, as he came forth as the first fruits that one day, you know, I'm, I'm listening for the trumpet, I'm not afraid of death, but I'm not trying to order my coffin either, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid to leave this world, but, you know, the simple truth is, is that I would rather go by the trumpet sound than by the cemetery if I've got a choice, But whichever way that God sees fit, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that because he was lifted up and died that cruel death and they put him in that grave, aren't you glad that he was just the first fruits as he came out? And we have that promise. Man can do all manner of evil against us, just as those evil, wicked hands put him upon that cross. But you know what? God is still in control today. He's still sovereign. And he's still the one that we can rest assured. We don't have to be afraid of even our greatest enemy. We just need to be in Christ. We need to know that we're there, that we're in his strength. Father, I thank you this evening, Lord. This is just a simple sermon of reminding us of our Savior. Lord, sometimes it does us good just just to think on him. Lord, to turn our attention and remember just exactly what he did for us. What is it all about? (laughs) What is Christianity all about? What is the word of God all about? Why did he come to this earth? Why was he lifted up on that cruel cross? Lord, because of your great love for us. Because you, by your grace. Lord, as you looked down and you saw that we had no hope, You gave us that hope. I want to thank you, Lord, again this evening. I want to thank you for loving the unlovable. I want to thank you for giving us, Lord, the only true one chance in life that we have for life eternal. Lord, this evening, as we think upon our Lord, I pray that you'd help us genuinely, Lord, Tonight, tomorrow, throughout this week, throughout the days ahead, however long that we've got left, may the work that Jesus accomplished on Calvary, may may it be such a reality in our lives that it just shows forth and and it's got to come out of us and those around us, Lord, see and know the truth because of our witness. Help us, Lord. How can we ever, ever express our love to you How could we ever, Lord, thank you, even throughout eternity, for what you did for us? Father, when your son was lifted up on that old cross, we thank you, Lord, this evening. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.